guess who's back? <laughs> back again. Do it, do it. Without me laughing in it. No, excuse me. This is the intro. This is the intro. We're back. Hi. Hello. Hi. Back. Hi. Seven months later than yeah, we said that we were. Oh, so long. No, to be fair, we never gave ourselves a date. We just sort of said fall. I think we said fall. We, we said we did. Um, but we said a couple of weeks. Yeah, like four well. weeks. November's not autumn. November's definitely autumn. November's totes autumn. Yeah, mate. Have you seen all the leaves December, on the January, floor? December, January, February is winter. March, <gasps> April, May. June, July, August. Christ. How have you... September, October, November. I mean, how have I survived? Just yeah. by living. I don't really need to know how the seasons. How do you get through yes, this life, Sarah? <laughs> I'm not a bloody geographer. If okay, fine. We're back in autumn. We didn't lie. We're here. Yeah, we're absolutely back in autumn. The special episode never came. But no. We it's still you. in the archive somewhere. You'll hear you'll it one just day. Think you'll find one out day. about it one day. Who knows what it contains? It's half edited. Um, but this is episode 21. Here we are. Hello, everybody. Um, this is What A Way To Go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a podcast. About? Unusual deaths. Near misses. Bizarre stories. Ooh, yeah, we've worked Pr- it out. We're saying a line each. That's oh, nice, isn't pretty it? bizarre stories. We, didn't plan that. Yeah. we don't talk about murder. No. Everyone that knows me thinks that I do a podcast about murder. Yeah, people don't understand the, uh, no, the difference. Absolutely not about murder. Um, and we just sit around. We have a beverage or two. If you've recently got involved in this podcast, you've probably listened to the first couple of episodes where we are quite drunk and I slur my words a lot. We don't get that inebriated anymore, but we do I drink. I episode 12, I re-listened. I was like, bloody hell. Was that the Prosecco? No, that was mostly me, though. It was the uh, red, the fizzy red wine. Oh, the yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but we're all friends. We're all pals from London. We meet together. We tell each other stories that we haven't heard. Hopefully. Hopefully. And that's it. That's the, that's the premise of the podcast. We are pleased to be back. We're very pleased to be back. Mm. Um, what's everyone been doing in the gap? Elsa uh, started university. Yeah. Elsa's gone, gone back to school. Gone, gone back, back to, to school. school. <laughs> really have. Gone back to school, started a new part-time job. Yeah. It's quite full on, but it's, it's nice. Change of pace, but for the better, because my old job was shite. A bit boring. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, my life is quite different to how it was literally three months ago. Was it literally three months? Yeah. It's been a, mm. it's been a long Two and a half at least. Two and a yeah. half, yeah. On, when I've been doing my listening back, I whisper way too much, so I'm just going like, to sit right by the microphone and shout into Get it. Get in people's basically. ears. Squares, no, what have you been do. up to? Yeah. What have you been doing? Uh, one. Still freelancing, mm-hmm. still making a few pies here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being my general self. And then listen to this podcast quite mm. a bit as well. It's mm. nice to re-listen, yeah. delve back in. Daddy, what have you been up to? Being worthy. I mean, you're the reason we had the break in the first place. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, so I went to Kenya. I went to Africa, guys. That was nice. And mm. I was in a bomb scare. What? What? <laughs> I didn't tell you in the pub because I was like, I'm going to save it for the podcast. What, in Kenya? No. Because we've seen you a lot no. since. Yeah, <laughs> no. on, mate. So when was the last time we saw each other? Saturday. Saturday. Sunday. At fucking Blue Water. No way. Why were you there? We popped to Blue Water. I need to go John Lewis. No one pops to Blue Water. There are so many closer John Lewis's to you than Blue Water. Where? Name, apart from Westfield. Right, okay, fine. Westfield is a shithole. Okay. Bromley's closer than Blue Water. Lakeside is closer to you. Yeah, fine, Probably Oxford Street. Let's be... I'm not going into Oxford Street on the weekend. Are you mad? I'm not getting on the Blue Water, though. I mean, I've never been, but I assume it's hell. Blue Water takes like 20 minutes... 30 minutes to get to. 
Blue water's not a pop for anyone unless you live in Bexley. Anyways, we popped a blue water Fine. and there was a bomb scare and I shat my pants. It Did was you? the scariest thing I've ever... What happened? Where were you? Were you in John Lewis? <laughs> yeah, we were in John Lewis. <laughs> I love John Lewis. Yeah. I wish they would sponsor us. Sponsored by John Lewis. Oh my God. Bomb scares in John Lewis. Sponsored by... <laughs> well, where to go? So we had literally been there for like two minutes, me and my husband... And we'd parked up by John Lewis, like popped in. We were looking for rugs and that. Oh, also, I'm buying a house. Like, that's another thing that's happening. Oh, yeah, that's quite a big deal. Look for yeah, rugs and big that. Um, and all of a sudden, like hundreds of people were running full pelt through John Lewis out shit. to the exit. Oh, shit. That's... And first of all, I thought it was like, oh, people running from, because it was kids at first. And we thought, oh, no, this is awful and ageist. But we thought it was like, Idiots. Oh, they're, they're, no, they're running from security or something. Like maybe they've robbed something. Oh, yeah. Because it was just like a big group of kids. But then it was like, oh, no, there's absolutely loads of people of all ages really, really running, shouting, run. And we were just like, what the fuck? So we like went, well, what do we do? Well, we just get out. So we just went because we were near the exit anyway. People were shouting. I heard people say they're shooting. <gasps> like I heard people say that the people that were running out of the. If you That's think how so like scary. shopping centers are kind of like the core bit and John Lewis is at one end. So like. Uh, at least 100 people pelting through John Lewis, someone sh- someone saying they're shooting, run. So we were like... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. So we just we were like, well, f- just, just go. So we ran, went back to our car, and everyone was still running through all the car parks. People were, like, dashing through the car parks. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? I was like, let's just go home. Like, whatever is happening, let's just get out. So we did. Like, we managed to get back onto the, like, A2 or whatever. Um, in all the meantime, like refreshing Twitter to try and work out what had happened. It turns out it was like a massive menu board falling over in the food court made a really loud bang and someone totally freaked. Oh and then everyone started like running. It's a bit Which, like the Oxford Circus thing. Yeah, yeah, that happened. And the, and the <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's one of those things. So, like on on Twitter, there were a few people being like, oh, these idiots are running because a menu board fell over. But it's like, if you see 100 people pelting in a sh- like a, a really popular shopping centre, why would that not be a target for during that a time, time when yeah. we've had a lot of yeah exactly attacks. I was like no 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 I I feel absolutely no regrets from no just, because even you you wouldn't send, if you saw that you wouldn't be like huh it's probably a false alarm you'd be like I'm just gonna leave just in case yeah. it's not Do you know just what I mean? in case it's probably all these people are right <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna go with them oh what was that. Oh shit! Sorry, guys. What was that? Else? <laughs> that was my that was my message tone. I thought I was on silent. <laughs> Do not disturb. Oh dear. In the old bag. Popular. Sorry, that was a real anticlimax, climatic ending. I I absolutely would have been right there with you. Shut my pants. It was horrible. Yeah, it was really horrible. Really scary. Yeah. Um, I my boss told me that just going down the John Lewis route mm. here. Why um, not? She was once buying a Hoover in John Lewis, and uh, Noel Gallagher was next to her. <gasps> and I was like, "Fuck it up." That was Liam. I would have like, <laughs> died on the floor right now. Listeners, just so you know, Els and I have the truest passion for '90s Liam Gallagher. A disgusting obsession. No, he's a real, he's a real piece of art. <laughs> what a face! He's a real piece of work. He's a real piece what of work. What a face! A good piece of work. Um. I'm going to change the tone slightly. Not the tone, just the subject. Go. I'm going to change the subject. Just think we should just, full disclosure. Oh, go on, yeah. We are slightly changing the schedule of this podcast. Yes, we are. Oh, yeah. Um, Because. Well, oh, I'm a student now. I'm a student now and also working part time and it's quite a lot. And also. We're just very busy. Everyone's very busy. Yeah, not just me. I'm, I'm just too else. busy, guys, actually. Daily Sorry. made us break up for a six month <laughs> hiatus, and Els is making us do this Sorry change. for being so popular, guys. No, it's not that at all, but we are all quite busy and, and doing it once a week. And Christmas is coming up. Doing it once a week 
big surprise. This is not our main hustle. This is very much our side hustle. No one's paying us. Uh, and we just and it's John not, Lewis paying us now. John is paying us now. Uh, not even about the money. Sandwich just about just, <laughs> um, Yeah. Just so we're going to be not just about it not becoming a burden. Not that it was, but you know. No, but it's it, it's like, the research and the recording and the editing. editing. But anyway, we're going down to once a fortnight. And Once we're hoping that absence makes the heart grow fonder and everyone's fine with it. So rather than every Monday, it's every other Monday in your ears. But that means that we just still get to do it and enjoy it and also go out for Christmas parties. Yeah. And We're piping whatnot. right into your ears. Also, thought, Christmas special? <gasps> yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. People dressed as Santa getting stuck in a chimney. I know what it is already. It's got to be that, right? Well, spoiler. Three. Oh, and it's the listener. Sorry. Christ. Yeah, definitely Christmas special. We should definitely do that. Uh, agreed, cool. Agreed, cool, sorted. So yeah, well, every other week, as of now, as of episode 21, every other week. Um, but, kick us off. Els, you go first with your story this week. Okay. Hi. We're ready. I'm, I'm excited. I'm back. Me too. I've sort of stuck in my comfort zone this week, actually. Gone A down. mystery. I've just done one that I've done before. <laughs> <laughs> the Atlas Pass that people yeah. still mention to me now. It went down so well. Okay, so yeah, I've gone. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of an un- unknown. The one I've gone for. So mine's story is about the missingest man in New York. Missingest man. <laughs> missingest man in New York. Okay, love it. It's hard to say. The grammar that. alone intrigues me. <laughs> <laughs> what does she mean by this? So, uh, I was going to try and do a like kind of New York accent, but <laughs> New York, please, please, please. Joseph Force Creeder, <laughs> love it. I'm, uh, I'm there. He was a, a New York Supreme Judge, but he did not. I don't think he sat on the Supreme Court. He sat on like the, I guess the state equivalent of the so I'm trying to like draw some parallels between him and Brett Kavanaugh and it didn't work because they're not the same and also that makes us sad yeah. <laughs> let's not bring up that. oh yeah that's true it does make us sad the night uh so he was born in 1889 literally 100 years older than me um oh. and he attended Columbia Uni and he received his law degree in 1916 bragging bragging <laughs> <laughs> she's a babe she's a young babe <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> sure. Um, so he worked his way up from uh, being a clerk to a successful lawyer, and he picked up quite a lot of political pearls on his way through the System. law. Yeah. Uh, and he was appointed to state bench by Roosevelt in 1930. Um his appointment was somewhat controversial as he passed over the official candidate who was put forward by Tammany Hall. So Tammany Hall was quite a big, powerful political organisation that ran for almost 200 years in New York. Um, from what I could read about it, it did quite a lot of good work for with um, like poor and immigrant communities. He, he <laughs> bypassed their candidate to Supreme Court and he became the Sorry. guy, the cool. main guy. Um, Scotus. I I looked at that acronym today and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Because it's very close to scrotum. Yeah, it it very much is. And what is it? Supreme, Supreme Court, Court of the United States. States. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Because I was reading about the 2000 election because I was busy at work today. <laughs> and loads to do. Yeah. <laughs> I have fun hobbies. Good to be hey, in the loop. I've got loads of stuff to bring out at the pub next time we're together. Good to know. Uh, so, Joseph Fourth Crater, he had a bit of a shady reputation 
He loved a showgirl. Oh, don't we all? Don't I we love all. Elizabeth Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> love a musical. What's she done since then? Nothing. Not much. Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. Absolutely Um, No, I don't... Yeah, anyway. Mm, I don't know why that's relevant. So, anyway. It's a bit of colour. So, he had... Yeah, he loved a showgirl, but also, I think the shady reputation stemmed from the fact that there were rumours circulating that he had paid off the Tammany Hall bosses so that he could get the job uh. out of Supreme judge fine um not long after his appointment as judge him and his wife stella were summering in maine lovely side note i really want to go to maine yeah it looks really that's gross beautiful yeah all right all of new england is like boots so nice just i just want to go and like live in a lighthouse in maine for a bit i want to say i've been skiing in maine because i have but i have appreciate that that makes me sound like a total tosser <laughs> so i apologize it's but out I there have, now you've done it i mean hair flick fine i assume that i've was, been skiing in maine I assume that no was big delightful. deal no big deal yeah it's amazing daily is the most i assume that was quite a big deal in this podcast huge 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 how was maine was it <laughs> full of lobster it was, beautiful. It was lovely uh Lobsters did not eat any lobster in maine they're sentient so don't I fucking love lobster. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't eat them anymore. That's sorry. not the right. We've really derailed. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Please. Hey, it's fine. Podcast. Uh, so, if you wanted to know how Crater met his wife, Stella, do you? Please. I'm going to tell you. She yes. was a showgirl. She wasn't. And he was her divorce lawyer. They got married Seven days after it was all finalised. Kind of romantic. <laughs> that's not romantic. <laughs> that's stupidity. Yeah. It's a little bit romantic. No, it's not. The thing is, I thought, oh, maybe that means something. It doesn't mean anything. Apparently, they're quite a nice marriage. Sometimes you just meet people when they're getting you through your divorce, and mm. that's how it is. So. Okay. And then another one. Fine. Fine. Um, on August the 3rd, he returned to New York without Stella and promised he'd be back in Maine within the week. According to his law clerk... Um, on August the 6th, Crater was taking care of some admin, doing some admin. We've all got to do it sometimes. Happens to all of us. He was destroying some documents. He was moving <laughs> portfolios of papers to his apartment. Normal. And Training. he was, I've written a changing here, but I mean arranging, <laughs> uh, to withdraw $5,000 from his bank account. Which back then must have been normal stuff. Quite a lot. <laughs> oh, normal things. Yeah. <laughs> so. I haven't even got $5,000 Destroying documents, now. moving $5,000. Nobody see here. Just give it up. Give it, don't ask any questions. Give me that $5,000. Um, on the all- evening of August the 6th, after he'd done all his admin, he was like, done a lot of admin today, guys. Got to chill out. Chill the fuck out, actually. Find me a showgirl. Well, yes, quite. He bought a ticket to see Dancing Partner, a roaring Broadway comedy. Cool. Sounds great. Um, and he also had plans to meet his friend William Klein along with showgirl Sally Lou Ritz at a chop house in Manhattan. Oh, what an evening. So 30. Give me that evening. Times. Um, so he had a lovely chop at the chop house. Sure. <laughs> and then he, uh, he walked down the road, uh, said bye to his pals, mm-hmm. walked down the road, uh, presumably on his way to see the lovely comedy play and that was the last that um that his friends ever saw him jesus gone the news of his disappearance didn't break for a month what so his wife had telephoned friends after he'd not returned for 10 days they're leaving it quite a long time there love quite a long time yeah i panic after 
45 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> like, definitely said he'd be back by 11. <laughs> Is he? Anyway, uh, that's just an anxious mind. <laughs> um, but it, when he, it was when he didn't show up for court on the 25th of August that people were like, oh, I mean, he didn't go back to his wife, but I mean, he's not come back to court. What's mm. going on here? Um, so people became alarmed then. Um, so when the news broke, the nation was all eyes on it, all eyes on what was going on. The phrase pulling a crater became quite a big thing because um, if someone had gone AWOL, people mm. would be like, oh, I pulled a crater. I don't think that's still a thing I, now. I've never said that ever. So, uh, And comedians apparently regularly use the grag, grag? <laughs> Gag. Uh, crater, call your office, which... <laughs> Isn't is it funny? It's funny. Not funny. It's not funny. funny. But I think like of the time, probably comedy was quite shit. Boring, yeah, comedy. really boring. Um, no one knew what was funny then. No. So the investigation was pretty massive when it launched. Uh, detect- detective discovered that Crater's safe deposit box had been cleared, and two suitcases that Crater and his assistant had taken to the apartment were missing. So you think, oh well, this guy's probably just done a done, done a bunk. Um, so they were kind of starting to get uh, an investigation together, um, but there were thousands of false reports from people claiming that they'd spotted him, and that sort of started to bog down the investigation because they were following up leads that were just bullshit. So the grand jury was called to look at what had happened in October of the year. They called 95 witnesses, and they had 975 pages of testimony... And they concluded that the evidence is insufficient to warrant any opinion as to whether Crater is alive or dead, or as to whether he absented himself voluntarily. Cool, cool. <laughs> and we pay you why? What's the knowledge there? I mean, 95 witnesses is like everyone he knows and everyone that they know, right? That's too many cooks, isn't it? It's just, it's a lot of people, it's a lot of pages. Yeah, Just to many. be like... They just didn't bother, did they? They didn't listen to it. They didn't read it. They just went, don't know. That's not really enough. Tough one. Don't know, guys. Don't know what he's done. Um, Once the investigation slowed down, people assumed that the judge had just slipped off and that maybe he was on the run from someone that was after him. Uh, But Stella Crater found a trunk in their apartment and it had several uncashed checks, stocks, bonds three life insurance policies and a note from him saying, I am very wary, Joe. Hmm. What was going on? So there were theories of his disappearance that included foul play, uh, which was particularly linked to the potential bribery and backdoor dealings of the Tamari Hall involvement, but nothing conclusive. Sounds shady. And some people believe that he'd been blackmailed by one of his infamous showgirls that he'd been knocking around with. Uh, and was maybe killed accidentally when he when he was bribed for more money and said no, maybe one of their pals yeah. uh, killed him. Um, but nobody ever came to the conclusion of what happened to him after he walked down the road into the night and disappeared. Um, this is this is like Manhattan, right? Yeah, n- this in is days. Because you often hear like your your old pal in um, Thailand who yeah. just went went for a walk in. Mm. Was it Thailand in the end where he disappeared? That was um, where he had his house. Yeah, he disappeared in the Cameron Highlands in uh, Malaysia. Malaysia. Yeah. 
you hear of that kind of walking off into the horizon, but just mm. in Manhattan. Yeah, just yeah. down Fifth Avenue. He was officially declared dead in June 1939, so nine years later. Uh, but theories and potential sightings have continued, but no one's ever come to a conclusion of what happened to him, found out what happened to him. Wow. What's your, what's your preferred theory, Els? I think he went off with a showgirl. Yeah. Just had a nice life, maybe on the road, maybe joined the circus, him and a showgirl. Because if he was killed by a showgirl, surely there'd be a body somewhere. There'd be something somewhere. Like dead, but well, I don't. Dead what what year was this? To... 1930. Yeah, I mean, dead bodies were everywhere. In the yeah, 30s. and also, like, even now, you could just you can, you can get rid of a body. Where would you get rid of a body if you killed someone? In the foundations of a new build. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. No. Like, in, like in Crocodile in uh, Black Mirror. Wait, so hang on. Never would you. It. Would you. <laughs> Let's pick that up later. <laughs> what the fuck? You've never yeah. seen it. I've seen like. Two episodes of Black Mirror. Which one's Crocodile? Because I've seen them all, but the I ones don't in know Iceland where they hit the cyclist and then they ah, throw him into the foundations yeah, of a house yeah, yeah. and then it all unravels from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking, that was good. Because the house stinks, probably. No, no, it's not even about the house. What are you saying about people from Iceland, mate? <laughs> no, because there's a dead body in the no, walls. Yeah, not if it's co- no, not if it's covered in the I foundations and then it's covered in concrete. I've seen an episode of Buffy where they they brick someone up alive in the walls and that. That is terrifying. Yes, it was. <laughs> Bury, yeah. Being buried alive, I think, is my number one fear. biggest fear. Yeah, I think so. What's everyone's number one fear? Is? Wait, let's finish. Words. Where would you bury a body? Oh, where yeah. would you get yeah, rid yeah. of a body? Um, if you just kill someone right now, where would you get rid of the body? I mean, killed, the studio killed, is quite hard. You've killed squares. What? Where are you putting the body? Oh, God. Might just pop you up in a roof. Okay. A what roof. like the roof tiles? Yeah, maybe up there. The roof isn't a bad shout. Like Although, shallow grave. Another film. <laughs> Another cultural. Jane only lives her life by cultural and film All references. I watch is film and TV where people get killed and buried <laughs> in unmarked graves. Actually, that's kind of true. <laughs> that was <laughs> a joke. True. It is true. Where would you? So you know when you're driving on a motorway mm. and there's like three lanes middle three lanes yeah. and the middle is usually like brush yeah chuck a body out the window in the brush no one's going to stop there mm. no one's going to find it people are going to sit this highway p- no 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 this, you do like motorcycle you go up cops. and down you go up and down yeah, like, see when no one's around often especially on like the A3 and stuff in like country roads there's no lights up and down up and down when there's no one around whoop but when chuck it out when they find it in the middle they are going to watch whatever There's is watching. There's no CCTV, mate. What about those twins that went mental and <gasps> yeah, but that ran was in a, front of us? That was, a, so that was like a five-lane motorway. This is like a like a two or a three-lane. So I know what you mean, but I feel like there are... there are hi- What do you call them? I want to say highwaymen, but that's not what it is. There's <laughs> highway like patrol people. There, highway yeah. patrol people. Please, they would see that. Maybe, maybe not. Okay, no, what I'm saying is like no one's going to see you throw the body in there. Fine, no arguments there. Highway patrolmen will be up and down enough to spot a body, and then as soon as the body's found, covered by the brush, you wouldn't see it. What about people that pick litter? They wouldn't be doing it in the central reservation. Yeah, litter in the central no, reservation. No, they otherwise don't. It'd be a big fucking garbage tip. No, because also you don't throw it out of the fast lane. You throw it out of the <laughs> slow lane. No one's no one's touching that central reservation. Well, look, we'll both me like, wrong daily. You, let's go. Kill someone and put them in the oh, right. thing and see how long it takes for the highwayman to Any volunteers? <laughs> Fine. Give it a go, sure. We're just not 100% in the way. It's worth it for I'm the worth experiment. It. <laughs> worth it for the podcast points. 
Okay. I've actually got a little bit of a similar story to you, but not the same continent. Ooh. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the story of Australian Prime Minister <gasps> Harold I've Holt. been waiting for this. Yes. <laughs> what yes! do you mean you've been waiting for it? Like, I've been waiting for this. I never thought to actually do it. I don't know why. Maybe I thought because one of you was going to do it. Fuck yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. And you I've know got the story? Nope. When you get to the point, well, afterwards, I'll tell you why I know this and why I'm so excited. I might have it because I've got the reason why I know this in here as well. Okay, so the tiniest bit of background, there was a long Wikipedia article about him and everything that he did. But he was born 5th of August, Steve's birthday, 1908, and he became the 17th Prime Minister of Australia in 1966. And he, at the time, was leader of the Liberal Party. After less than two years in office, he disappeared while swimming at the Cheviot, sorry Australians, Cheviot Beach in Victoria in rough conditions, and his body was never recovered. What? He was sworn in as Prime Minister on the 26th of January 1966, following the retirement of Robert Menzies six days earlier, um, and he'd won the leadership contest about it, so he wasn't actually elected but that person resigned because he was in poor health. Um, so he won the leadership election unopposed. And then just a bit of information. Comparatively, Holt was more informal and contemporary than Menzies, his predecessor, and his wife, Zara Holt, accompanied him into the political spotlight, which was quite unusual at the time. So it was usually just the kind of... First ladies weren't that prominent. Yeah. No, exactly. But he also gave the media an unprecedented level of access to everything that he was up to. And he was the first Prime Minister to conduct regular press conferences and grant regular television interviews, which again was quite new for what he was doing in the 60s and not something that people had experienced before. And then in November of that year, so the 26th of November 1966, he fought his first and only general election as Prime Minister, winning a somewhat unexpected landslide victory. So he was relatively well-liked. He had some good policies, a Liberal Party, obviously. Um, but he was a good guy and he did some good stuff. Um, so just in general, he was a keen outdoorsman and had beach houses in Portsea, Victoria and Bingle Bay in Queensland. He was introduced to spearfishing in 1954 and it soon became his preferred vacation activity. He wore a wetsuit so he could fish all year round and he preferred either skin diving or snorkelling as he found air tanks burdensome and inauthentic. I don't know what skin diving is. <laughs> That's just diving, isn't diving it? Diving with nothing on. Diving in your skin. <laughs> Sounds dirty as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Whatever, whatever floats your boat, literally, mate. Um, and then creepily, this is a weird tidbit that I found out about him today. Uh, once he had speared a fish, he would unzip his wetsuit and oh, place it inside God. whilst he was to? still bleeding, allowing him to continue fishing. So he didn't have a bucket or a vestibule for fish in any way. He just put it in his Popped wetsuit. it down there. That's quite weird. That's a bit creepy. It's horrible. Um, so you've got sort of like half alive flapping fish around in your wetsuit. Well, they're not flapping because they're pressed against your skin. And wetsuit. Mm, but they'll be, oh God. But they're that's still bleeding. A, yeah, yeah. That fish blood is all over your <laughs> chest. Also, you're just very slowly suffocating a fish. And none of it's nice, is it? I mean, no, 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 it's not. Anyway, according to his companions, Holt had incredible powers of endurance underwater and sometimes kept himself amused during parliamentary debates by seeing how long he could hold his breath. 
What a joker. Good to know. Um, present in the debates. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping himself busy. Timing, timing, timing. Yeah, they wouldn't have had like iPhone stopwatches in those no, days. Yeah. It count me, funny. count me in. Um, but although he could tread water for long periods, he was actually not a strong surface swimmer, according to his pals. Several of his friends confronted him about the dangers of his hobby, including his press secretary, Tony Eggleton. And apparently Holt responded to him once after a kind of warning. Look, Tony, what are the odds of a prime minister being drowned or taken by a shark? Mm. Legacy. Um, famous last words. Famous last... Mm, well, not almost it, last words. Tony showed him the odds. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> and then, actually, uh, he had a close call on the 20th of May 1967 when he was diving at Cheviot Beach um, on the Mornington Peninsula. He became distressed and called for help. He was pulled ashore by his diving companions at the time and he remained conscious but turned purple <laughs> and vomited a large amount of seawater. <laughs> He said that the incident was due to a leaking snorkel and supposedly said, that's the closest I've ever been to drowning in my life. A few months later, more than a few months later, on the 5th of August, his birthday, he was spearfishing on Dunk Island on the Great Barrier Reef and he spent 25 minutes chasing a large coral trout but eventually had to abandon the pursuit due to extreme shortness of breath. So he loved fishing, he loved being in the water, but he had a few problems and he wasn't the strongest of swimmers. So he was probably a bit cavalier with his abilities, let's be honest. So anyway, on the fateful day, he was driving back to Portsea. He'd been visiting some friends. He'd met up with a couple of people. Um, and he was driving back to Portsea, which is where he was based. He convinced the group of people he was with to stop at Cheviot Beach again for a swim. It was about quarter past 12 in the day and he wanted to cool down and work up an appetite before their lunch. He knew the area well and had swum there many times before. He was even heard to have claimed he knew the beach like the back of his hand. Famous last words. Holt did not hesitate in entering the water despite a large swell and visible currents. There was only one other swimmer with him out of the group because everybody else considered it unsafe and the water's too rough. So his pal Stuart stayed close to shore and even in the shallows felt a strong undertow. But Holt swam into deeper water and was seemingly dragged out to sea. The others called out to him, but he did not raise his arms or cry for help. He soon slipped under the waters and out of sight. And a person that was with him, Marjorie Gillespie, described it as like a leaf being taken out so quick and final. That was it. He was never seen again. Shit. So following his disappearance, Stuart, the person he was with, drove to the nearby officer cadet school in Portsea, which was an Australian army training facility. It was pretty much deserted because everyone was on annual leave, but there were police officers there and they contacted and initiated what became one of the largest search operations in Australian history. The search for his body began at 1.30pm, so, you know, an hour and a bit after he'd gone missing. There were three amateur divers that had entered the water, but they found it too rough, they couldn't continue. But they were soon joined by helicopters, watercraft, police divers and two naval diving teams. But little progress was made due to the rough conditions and limited equipment available, obviously. You have to do things as quickly as possible when that sort of thing happens, Um, but it was all too quick. By the end of the day, there were more than 190 people involved with operations based out of the Officer Cadet School, and this number would eventually increase to more than 340 people involved in searching for the missing person. 
The search resumed just before 5am the next day, despite strong wind, heavy seas and occasional rain. Working in shifts, 50 divers focused on the rock pools and ledges near where Holt had last been sighted. They were forced to free dive to minimise injury as they were continuously being driven against the nearby cliff face. Oh, it sounds so dangerous. Yeah, I mean, it really was. Due to a change in the tide, the search was suspended at 8am, so three hours later, and did not resume until the mid-afternoon. The following day's operations were again hampered by the weather. Conditions improved the following day, but most of the personnel had withdrawn. The search for Holt's body was officially called off on the 5th of January, so quite a while afterwards, although it had gradually scaled back to the point where it consisted only of a daily beach patrol. Lieutenant Commander Phil Hawke, who led the HMAS Lonsdale diving team, would later state that any chance of finding the Prime Minister was lost by the Sunday night. I suppose if he was actually alive... Well, if he had dr- come into difficulty and was still alive and floating and dr- like driven off, the likelihood of him being around and being able to be found kind of Long dramatically yeah, decreased yeah. Yeah. within at least 12 to 24 hours. Yeah. So a police report released in early 1968 made no definitive finding about Holt's death, whilst a coronal inquest in 2005... So not that long ago at all, (laughs) like 13 years ago, returned a verdict of accidental drowning. It is generally accepted that he overestimated his swimming ability, got caught in a tide and drowned. And there is evidence to support that fact. But there's lots of theories about what actually happened to him. Mm. And that's what's really, really interesting. So, according to his biographer, Tom Frame, there could never realistically be much doubt that Harold Holt drowned. He was simply one of the number of ordinary Australians who drown each year through poor judgment or bad luck. He likely misjudged his own swimming ability and the roughness of the conditions and was simply overcome by exhaustion. Alternatively, he may have suffered a heart attack, been struck by driftwood, stung by a jellyfish or attacked by a shark. His body was probably either trapped below the surface or washed out to sea on the ebb tide. So that's the person who wrote the biography about him. It's most likely. But even if that was the frame of things that could have happened, there's he could have happened loads of things. Jellyfish, sharks, whatever. Loads of things could have mm-hmm. been responsible for his death. Yeah. Such so, a mystery. And it's like only just off the... It's only just, you know, a few probably like less than 100 metres away from the shore. Yeah. And there's so much unknown. And he was mm. like five... Or, there was five or six people with him actively watching him yeah. and his partner yeah. swim. So it was a bit weird at the same time. Um, But some have claimed that Holt's death was not accidental and that he chose to end his own Mm. life. Supporters of this theory claim that Holt was depressed and mentally unstable and that he killed himself because he thought his political career was in jeopardy. Those who reject it point to his positive attitude and commitment to his family as well as the plans he had made for the coming year. The 1968 police report specifically ruled out suicide as Holt had followed an ordinary domestic pattern in the days before his disappearance and suicides in front of witnesses were considered atypical. Mm. True, yeah. But um, his disappearance also spawned numerous conspiracy theories, my favourite. Brilliant. Most of which involve... (laughs) Absolutely here for it. Most of of which involve claims of a cover-up at the highest level of government. Yes. Of course. A 1968 story in the Sunday Observer claimed that Holt had been assassinated by the CIA. By the sea. By the sea. (laughs) Lol. CIA. Supposedly because he intended to pull pull Australia out of the Vietnam War. There were also suggestions that Holt had been killed by the North Vietnamese after being incapacitated by a nerve agent. 
So the thing about that, in 1983, British journalist Anthony Gray published the book The Prime Minister Was a Spy, in which he claimed that Holt was a lifelong spy for the People's Republic of China. (laughs) (laughs) According to Gray, Holt faked his own death in order to defect to China and was collected by frogmen who dragged him to a waiting submarine. Reviewers... (laughs) But reviewers noted multiple factual errors in the book, not least that it was physically impossible for a submarine to be positioned so close to the shore. But also, it's a little submarine, right? It's just, it's just a baby submarine. But also, his wife, his late wife Zara, observed that her husband didn't even like Chinese food. <laughs> Which well, is, then he's a great spy. Yeah, he's a great spy because. Chinese food? No, though. Absolutely not. Would never defect to China. <laughs> That's possibly my favourite quote I've ever read on this podcast. But basically, no one, no one fucking knows what happened to him. So his leg, he has quite a large legacy, and I'll come on to the reason why I know about this story, even though I'm not an Australian. So in general, in 1969, a plaque commemorating him was bolted to the seafloor of Cheviot Beach after a memorial ceremony. It was bolted to the seafloor? Yeah, I mean, it must have been... What the fuck's the point? No one's looking at that, That's a bit morbid, isn't it? Yeah. I mean... That's for him to sit on. Yeah. But mm. it's... It's like a gravestone. I mean, you don't have gravestones where you die, though, no. do you? That's a bit weird. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I can't. Too can't, much. I don't know. It bears the inscription. Also, like, isn't the seafloor just sand? Like, <laughs> can't can't bolt bolt in there. Yeah, where, no where one's bolting nothing to nothing. It's fucked it's up. Just floating around. Or oh, they've just spent, <laughs> they've charged to the council like 500 quid for a bench. Yeah, yeah, it's down there. No, you can't see it because it's under the water, but yeah. it's definitely there. We bolted it. Yeah, we yeah, bolted yeah. it. We bolted floor. it down there. Prove we didn't. Prove we didn't. So the plaque bears the inscription in memory of Harold Holt, Prime Minister of Australia, who loved the sea and disappeared hereabouts on the 17th of December 1967, Mm. which is interesting. But his death has also entered Australian folklore and it is frequently the subject of black humour. Travel writer Bill Bryson labelled it the swim that needed no towel. Holt's name has become a byword for any sudden or unexplained disappearance. Oh. The phrase to do a Harold Holt is rhyming slang for to bolt. To bolt. Oh. To make a quick exit. Like when you Colin leave a party Crater. without saying goodbye, goodbye to yeah. anyone. Oh, so that's where that came from. We made a bolt. No. Well, maybe, but I guess in the 60s, maybe. I don't know. I'm oh, not an etymologist, so I don't know. Holt's death spawned a storyline in the Australian soap opera Neighbours. What? Which is when... What's his face goes into the sea and disappears and then Harold. comes back 20 years later. 10 Harold. years later. Yeah, that's where I know this from. And it has also been credited with, the, with inspiring the fall and rise of Reginald Perrin, a British television series, no which is kidding. he did the same thing, he faked his own death. And then this, which I found brilliant. In March 1969, the Harold Holt Memorial Swimming Centre. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Was opened in suburban Melbourne. No! Stuck a wrong tone there, haven't they? It had been under construction at the time of his death and the Melbourne City Council voted to name it in his honour in part because he had been the local member of parliament. Oh, no. But still... I think that's that's important. Come on, have a rethink. Okay, I know you're halfway through construction. Maybe don't name it after him. There are so many things you're going to build in Melbourne. Like, name something, anything else. Yeah. Anything else, name it after him. 
yeah. But that's still there today, and oh, you dear. can go and visit it and pay your respects. Um, but actually, he Amen. was the th- Amen. He was the third Australian prime minister to die in office. That's so fucking weird. Yeah. So the first was Joseph Lyons, who was the tenth prime minister of Australia, who died on the seventh of April, nineteen thirty-nine after he had a heart attack when he was being driven from Melbourne to Sydney. And the sad thing about that was that he had just picked up his son from boarding school, had a heart attack, got taken to hospital and then died two days later, while still in office and then had to be taken over. And the second being John Curtin, who was the 14th Prime Minister of Australia, who died of heart disease on the 5th of July, my birthday, 1945, which was only six years later. Yeah, that's nice. So they went through it? prime ministers quite quickly. <laughs> really rattled through them. But yeah, that's the story of Harold Holt. Nice he's one. Might be dead. No, he probably is dead. He probably is because he was born in 1908. So he's definitely he's dead. Definitely. Regardless dead. of whether he drowned yeah. there or not. But yeah, thanks to Katie for the push on doing this story. Yeah, because it's a, good it's a one. great story, and she's Australian, so Australians love Australian stories, don't they? Sure. So, so I'll explain my reaction. I've been to Cheviot Beach. Have you? Yeah. And I got, oh my God, I got so bitten by sandflies. <laughs> I've still got scars on my legs from when sandflies bit me. Really? The, it was like they were the sizes of fucking sparrows. But I that's cannot think of any reason <laughs> to go here. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, yeah, spiders and sandflies. But and anyway, scorpions. so part of that was like and I learnt about... Death in the sea. Oh, yeah. But the I had never I didn't know any of that detail. That was all really really fascinating. The story that was told to me, kind of like probably in the minibus on the way, was like he basically just walked out into the sea and didn't stop walking and killed himself. Yeah, like but that's the, the, that is the folklore about him. Yeah, isn't the it? folklore that he was that he just the walked sea, into clothed the and whatever, which isn't exactly what happened. No, exactly. So learning all about his other um, entanglements with near drownings and swimming and stuff was really interesting. Mm. I do like the idea that he was assassinated. And to be fair, my friend did say that he there was a couple of assassination attempts on his life before that. So that's why the whole potential that he was murdered by the CIA or whatever made it so much mm. more interesting to the press. But I couldn't find any founding for that, to be fair. And there was also stories that potentially he was having an affair with Marjorie, the woman, who and she denied it at the time, but then apparently she admitted it like 20 years later that they were having an affair. Mm. But I don't think you would fake your death to fuck off with your lover. Probably not, no. There are other ways to... to and if that's what you were going for, like there's other ways to deal with it. Yeah, Bob's. you're just going to have to have that conversation. Just get afraid. divorced, lads. Just yeah. absolutely get divorced. It's fine. Like, did you guys watch Louis Theroux this week? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So really, I feel so bad for like the men because it's like my, my wife just seemed to really want to have sex with other people, so it's just fine. It's like just get a divorce. Where's the self respect? Just break up. Just break up. Just break There's up. a way to do it. Just break up. That was like the, the of Jerry. Yeah, he was just like. I mean, when I meet the right person, yeah. I'm sure... I can't wait. Be. It's been fucking 16 years, Jerry. You're not going to meet someone. You're not, leave her. Out there. Leave her. Let her get on with her boyfriend. It's fine. And the, the People <laughs> split up. It's fine. The husband of the guy that was... The woman that was pregnant. Oh, no. And he was just like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine about I'm it. Really, I really... I love it, if anything. I'm yeah. so happy that my, <laughs> my really? pregnant wife yeah. is in love with someone else. Probably, we're just going to have two... Just have two dads. Just have two dads. It's fucking We were introduced to him when he was going out with someone else and they were all going to move in together. Yeah, so but they like, were living together, weren't they? I yeah. feel like that was more even than the two scenarios. The oh, woman, the worst had... one was... Je- oh, Jerry, didn't all our hearts break for yeah. Jerry? Yeah. Jerry? But the woman Jerry, that Jerry. was going out with someone and he was like 
coming really quickly so she then went out with someone that took five hours to come it's like I didn't need to know that <laughs> detail Louis the and then watching that, Louis then both being them... fed cheese was not something I needed to end my Sunday night on I absolutely did yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> he was like I put too much cheese on my plate like it was just alright Louis great you like Louis cheese Theroux, great. topless and blindfolded being fed too much cheese is apparently my jam <laughs> It's absolutely your kink. Name your kink. <laughs> Louis Theroux being stuck on cheese. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so my story, as I, as I alluded to earlier, is all in the opening sentence. So I have not rehearsed how I'm going to it. deliver it. Let's hope it goes well. I'm rooting for you. If you could please just react as mo- as animated as possible, that would be great. I'm going sure. to tell you the story of Xavier Cunningham. Is that the sentence we needed to react to? Yeah. Oh, really fucked. Sh- oh my god. Absolutely Xavier. fucked it. Well, you should. I mean, that's. I think that's how Americans pronounce Javier. Oh, okay. Xavier. Ah. Xavier Cunningham, who is a <laughs> ten-year-old boy from Missouri. This is a near miss, by the way. Okay. Good. Phew who is alive and well after having his skull pierced by a meat skewer. Oh, Oh, shit. Is this the recent one? Is this what happened Mm -hmm. this year? Yeah, I think I had this. But his skull was pierced by a meat skewer after he fell face first from a treehouse. Oh, God. Yeah, this one. This is horrible. he fell face first from a treehouse because he was being attacked by a swarm of wasps. Oh, my God. What a poor guy. I think I've got this bookmarked because I was like, I can't read it. It's too much. I have to bookmark it and come back to it. Yeah, but he's fine. Headline is, he's fine. Like, more than fine. Like, he's he's more than surviving. Thriving. He's He's thriving. He is thriving. He's... He's caught a bad. If anything, it made him a better. <laughs> Those wasps really showed him what for. <laughs> so this happened in the, in mid September 2018. So like a couple of months ago, when we were on hiatus. When we were on hiatus, <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you how I found the story. So anyway, ten year old Missouri boy, Xavier Cunningham, was playing with friends. Um, in his treehouse, which I've seen pictures, it is a nice treehouse. Oh, Americans I did not have, do treehouses yeah. right, don't they? They have quite a lot of space, isn't they? Just they? Really we don't know how to do it. Yeah, in, in an eight, it's I haven't got a tree, there. so alone <laughs> a treehouse. I need a tree to Fuck start. A at least. I've never had a treehouse. Never climbed a tree, to be honest. Did I? Never me. been up a tree. Too much for me. Really. Yeah. I'm never t- I think yeah. if you do it when you're a kid, you're like set for life. But if you don't, you don't. You're either you're, a, you're either a confident kid or you're a wary kid. You're a tree I was a hanger climbing kid. It's never too late. It's never too late, I'm guys. Absolutely I haven't is. got any upper body absolutely strength. Is. You don't need upper body strength to climb a tree. Yes, you nah. do. Not not like a bloody like a coconut tree. Like you go up sh- shuffling up. If you just go up a good oak with decent branch, a good oak when branch did you last, spacing. When, when did you, did you last climb a tree? When I would say within the last five years. Shut up. Yeah, five years is a long time, mate. Not really. You got married, you're buying a house in that time, got a new job in that time. I'm an adult, I suppose. I mean, you're probably still an adult at... 29. 29. 28. 28. You're saying I'm not 29, yeah? I'm an adult. Fuck off. What are you saying? So anyway. Sorry. Xavier was in his treehouse with his pals, a lovely treehouse, when a swarm of yellow jackets, which is like... Beyond wasps, <laughs> the I cool think they're wasps. <laughs> <Construction> <laughs> <of> wasps. <laughs> they were like, 
like the sharks in the jets. They're like clicking. I like construction workers. Fucking day glow. <laughs> security jackets on. Hi guys, California. <laughs> they were stormed by a troop of yellow jackets. Anyway, so they attacked them. Um, Xavier obviously panicked, flailing, and he fell. Like turning his attention away, he fell out of the treehouse. I know, oh, poor Bobby, poor ten years old. I know, baby, but he's fine. He's fine. He's totally fine. fine. Oh, but you know, you'd be so, I'd be so scared. Yeah. Now, as a twenty-nine-year-old adult, <laughs> not Certified. in my treehouse because I can't climb a tree. Certified adult. There's a really there's a tree that's very easy to climb in Epping Forest that oh, I'll yeah. take you to. If All I'm, right. That's our next. Everyone's Thank queuing you. up for that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he's he's fallen from the treehouse. So that's disaster number two. First of all, disaster number one: the wasps are yellow at him. jackets. Yeah, the yellow, the yellow jackets are after him. Disaster number two: he's fallen out of the treehouse, face first. If we're oh, honest. <laughs> disaster number three, and really the uh, crux of it, is this meat skewer that goes through his entire head. I am not kidding. That, and so, where did it come from? Or are you getting onto it? It was in the ground. So it's kind of like, if you imagine, not just like a, it's like a, if you were doing a rotisserie chicken, so it's like a big metal spike and then sort of claspy things at the end that kind of right. grip onto the end. It's, this isn't like a kebab skewer. This is a, a chunky thing. Right. Um, and apparently they had Basically, basically, the boys, when they were playing around, one of the boys or an adult had, like, seen that it was there and then, like, for safety, like, poked it into the ground so that it wasn't loose on the ground and people could trip over it or whatever. Oh, no. Hold on a second. Does that mean he went... The thing went into his head, not the pointy side? No, it did the pointy side because it go in, yeah, yeah. Okay. So they, how do they stick the it handle, in the ground? I don't know. I don't know. That's it, a really stupid way to stick it in the ground, lads. It said that it was... Get some training. The, the boys had found it and staked into the ground to avoid stepping on it. That's the line. But anyway, if you look at... I'll put this, I'll put this picture up on Instagram, but it has gone through his head. Yeah, that's horrible. Oh. Yeah. So if you imagine... I've seen all these videos. So if you imagine, you know where people might get Madonna spot piercings? So it's kind of like... Above your mouth and slightly to the side of your nose, that's where it went through. So kind of like where your cheekbone almost mm. meets your nose. So it doesn't really touch your... It kind of goes through the like... Yeah, yeah, it's not gone any... It's not gone... Cavernous chambers of your sinuses. Yeah. But so basically, this is one of those near misses that if it was... This is like a one in a million chance. Yeah. Because it missed all brain tissue. It missed like... Um, uh, it, missed, it missed his eyes, brain, and major blood vessels. So the two key blood vessels that basically run down the back of your neck are your carotid artery, I want to say, and then like another, like two massive arteries that run down the back of your neck. And this thing basically went in between the two and did not touch That's either mad. of them. It is unbelievable. He's landed face first on this thing. So like com- completely totally insane but it's a bit like the javelin story that i told before it's a bit <laughs> like you know story. it's just kind of like huh, it's happened and if it hasn't gone through any of the key bits you're kind of just in shock and you're he's, he was totally still conscious he was talking and like looking around or whatever um so they took him to the university of canvas hospital and this doctor called dr cody ebersole sounds like an absolute ledge if i'm honest he, he took him he took him it took real, real, real good care of him. Um, Ebersoli says, I was amazed that he was alive, let alone awake and talking. So he is the, Ebersoli is the endovascular neurosurgery director. Not a bad job title. No, yeah. sexy. If I'm sexy. Endovascular neurosurgery director. 
Um, so basically, the skewer somehow had managed to nearly brush but completely miss two vital blood vessels. Um, the trajectory, so Ebersole said, the trajectory the rod went is essentially one in a million. The unlikely path the skewer travelled allowed Ebersole the time to assemble a team of about a hundred people to come up with a plan. Oh my to god! Remove it. So if I if I tell you what this. I can't. I actually can't necessarily think. Oh, it's a bit like. So this thing that had gone through his head is a little bit like a drumstick. If you imagine like a long, thin spear, but at the end it's like a nubbin. So it's mm. not from a pure point mm. all the way out. So you've kind of got a nubbin, and then it narrows, and then it goes out. So imagine a drumstick, exactly right. So it's gone in. Thankfully, nothing's hurt. It hasn't. It's missed all of this stuff. But to pull it out just normally, you risk that nubbin like getting where it shouldn't interrupting with the blood vessels etc etc so dr ebersole like got this team of 100 people together it's absolutely amazing there's a video um not exactly no, well it's, a, it's an x-ray video of it actually happening so oh, yeah God. it's incredible so basically what they did was they like they kind of um what's the word when you kind of they, they did all this stuff to kind of um uh, to manage and suture that's the word i'm looking suture. for suit to the art uh, suit to the blood vessels while they were pulling it out, so they were like ready that if if the spear broke the blood vessel, they were ready to just like switch it off straight away and just fix it. Oh, wow. So they were all poised. A hundred people got this out of Xavier's face. Um, wow. So yeah, and additionally, the skewer had penetrated Xavier's jaw muscle, prohibiting him from opening his mouth for a breathing breathing tube during surgery. Anyway, so the massive medical team devised and delivered this plan Xavier's totally fine absolutely totally fine thanks to like the hard work and amazingness he got like a scar on his face or something I imagine he would by then so the the video footage of him kind of coming around is like it's very very swollen on one side of his face I imagine he'll have some kind of scar but probably not Mm, huge or whatever um so again, Dr. Ebersole said, the impressive thing about the story is how this thing could pass so deep through that part of the body and not hit something critical. I don't know how this could, could be so lucky. Um, Xavier has been discharged from hospital. His dad told NBC News he's back to his same old self, looking forward to church, football and school. Aww. It's nothing short of a miracle. Aww. I remember seeing that as it happened and being like, this is mad. Yeah. Like, divine intervention by God, yeah. mad. Yeah, it's nuts. So, shout out to um, Twitter user, Gary Slaymaker, at The Slay, um, who tweeted an NBC News tweet. And the NBC News headline was, Boy survives being impaled in the head by a meat skewer after falling face first from a treehouse while avoiding a swarm of attacking wasps. Jeez, I mean, that is a sentence. <laughs> that was the NBC. And then Gary Slaymaker just said, now that's a busy sentence. <laughs> and that's what, like, that's what made its way into my timeline um, and made me look into it. So there we go. Xavier Cunningham. Near miss. Near miss. Well done, Xavier. Well yeah. done. Just mm. don't... If you find a skewer on the floor... Just maybe put, put it, it on, on my a safe. table. Yeah. Put it on a table. Yeah, just like put it on my safe. Drive it into the ground. Not a great day. Not, not great the idea. best thing you could have done. But still, well done. Yeah. Well done on not dying. Poor little guy. Good stories, lads. Well done. Mm. So this last part of the podcast is where we like to stop talking about people mysteriously disappearing or, or getting spewers through their <laughs> spewers skewers through their head. Yep. What? And we like to instead turn our attention to positive things. Mm. Now, 
Normally we talk about girl crushes. Where we talk about women that we are inspired by, we like the look of, we like their lipstick, whatever it may be, women that are lighting us on fire this week. But we've spoken, we did a podcast on International Women's Day earlier this year, and actually the week after this podcast goes live is International Men's Day, which does exist, which is a real thing. We support the men. So actually, we're going to do our favourite men Mm. of the week for this week only because it's International Men's Day. Because they suck the rest of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's International Men's Day on the 19th of November, which is a real thing, um, to complement International Women's Day. So yeah, men. 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 They exist. (laughs) Men. Men exist. We like them sometimes. Else, who's your favourite man? Uh, Apart from Matt. <laughs> yeah, Matt. Boyfriend's not... Boyfriend slash husband's not included. Not included. Mine's Louis Theroux eating cheese. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's not. It's not, but um, I do love Louis Theroux. Uh, it's not him, though. Mine's not really a man of the week. It's more of the... Yeah, that's year. fine. Yeah. I think that's fine, because we're not going to do it again. I mean, okay. maybe next year, but... Sure. Mine is basically the author of my favourite book that I read this year. I have not read very much this year because there was quite a long spate where I was driving to and from work and that takes out a whole load of reading time. Yeah. So then I go, oh, I read before I go to bed and I read a page then I fall asleep with my book on my face, literally. That's very cute. I'd like to see a picture of that. Oh, Matt's got many. (laughs) Matt's got many pictures of me asleep with a book on my face. It's not cute. I've got a very wide mouth and a book (laughs) on my face. That's great. I'd hate to see that. Well, you could. He'll, he'll charge you. <laughs> sure, yeah, fine. Uh, so I read this book when I was away over Easter, and it's the Underground Railroad, which is a mm. fucking great book. And the author is Coston Whitehead. So I don't really know very much about him. He's written quite a few books. It's the only book of his that I've read. Um, so I should venture into more of his books but the book is about um a woman who's born into slavery in the southern southern america southern usa in their 1800s i think and about her kind of journey of trying to escape that mm-hmm. using the underground railroad different characters that she meets along the way it is a brilliant book really definitely recommend it it's one of those books that's all consuming and mm. i guess when you're on holiday you've kind of got the time to think about it but it's like what happened? What happened to her? I need to go and find out more. I need to go and read them more. It really spurred me on to read it. So it's a really good book. So he wrote it. Nice. So he's my guy. He's our main Very guy. Good. He's your main man. He's, he's number one. Man. Good work. Mine, again, is not <clears throat> man of the week. It's man of 2018 is Rob Delaney. Yay! Um, I love that man I love so him. hard. I love him anyway. So I've been to see him a couple of times with his stand-up. I really like Catastrophe. I actually didn't really like him when he was, like, the funniest man on Twitter and he won a couple of awards for that because his, like, toilet humour is not my type of humour at all. And I actually... It is absolutely mine. (laughs) I, like, move away from it. But um, lots of reasons that I love him is because he is very liberal and he's very democratic leaning talks about america and obamacare and things like that even though he lives in the uk and don't want to go too much into it but he had a very terrible time recently where he lost his young son henry yeah henry and his he started writing about it when his son was poorly so thinking he was going to turn it into a book and then actually his, his son died um because he was very poorly and then he released it recently on medium it was like about you know two effective chapters and I 
ugly cried throughout the whole time it was i can't even think about it about tearing up and then he actually read it um for a bbc radio program as well but he's just so open and honest and very much like i'm absolutely heartbroken i can't carry on like anymore like i'm not pretending anymore but like this is what's going on everyone's having a terrible time but i tell jokes because that's my livelihood and that's what gets me through and i feel that's really admirable and also he's very very he's a staunch supporter of the nhs and how much the nhs has helped him and his family and everything that he's gone through because now he lives in the uk and you know because twitter's a fucking clusterfuck of horrible people People are like, oh, well, why are you using the NHS when you're a fucking American? He's like, I pay for it, you cunts. Like, I'm absolutely (laughs) paying for it. I'm using it, but you're getting the benefit of my money and I pay my taxes and I'm a UK person and whatever. Mm. And I just think he's a really good guy. He's had a really terrible time, but he's also using it to be really honest. But anyway, yeah, he's just a really nice guy and I really respect his morals and his story really touched me this year and... It's really sad, and I'm a big supporter of him. I actually walked past him in Holborn, like, last year. How tall is he? I would have died. Fucking tall, <sighs> really tall. And I think he was also wearing the shirt that I saw him do stand-up in, so I was like, get some new shirts, bro. <laughs> but um, bro. I just really love him. I just think he's a really good guy, and mm-hmm. I don't love lots of toilet humour, but I will follow him till the day I die because I think he's a really, really nice guy. That's and he's also got a stand-up shout. at the moment on um, Comedy Central that I've been, like, recording because... He is very, he is very funny. It makes me laugh now. Now that I'm like, I'm a big Rob fan. I can get on, I can get on board a bit. You're a Rob stan. I'm a yeah, I'm a big Rob stan actually. Rob Delaney, I heart you. So yeah, there we go. That's a great shout. Really nice. Good shout. So mine, when we first even talked about um, doing our favorite men for International Men's Day back in March, <laughs> when? so my man of the year. Christ. I said mine would just be all of Queer Eye. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I maintain my my man of the year is Jonathan Van Ness. I love, I love him, him so much. I love him so much. There's so much about him that I love and appreciate. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I barely know where to begin. So for those that don't know who he is... He's one of the, oh you don't fuck you have you not watched Queer Eye Squares literally fuck off get the fuck out <laughs> I can't believe we're still friends sometimes sorry dude sorry so you understand the concept of Queer Eye for the straight guy yeah just uh, like your okay, regular yeah. makeover makeover nah, yeah. toast do not dismiss Queer Eye <laughs> <laughs> sorry else I've never seen you do not minimise this very. Energized by this. It's very good. It's very, very good. It's amazing. So, so for a kickoff, so Queer Eye has been. It was a '90s show that was about um, five gay guys making over a straight guy back in the '90s. I'm, I'm generalizing. It wasn't quite that straightforward. But now Netflix have reinvigorated it. It's a, it's a new type of show. It's not just straight guys that they're making over. They're kind of making over people's lives or communities. Um, you have kind of each each of the five is dedicated to a different type of um, area of someone's life. So it might be like grooming and it might be fashion. Tan France, also a strong contender for my mind. Big ups. Big, strong contender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or it could be like home decor. It could be like cooking, nutrition. It could be life skills, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway. I mean, they are literally the five, aren't yeah, they? I mean, that's it. Et cetera. <laughs> it could no be no because it will be. There's no cetera. It is. So Jonathan Van Ness is the grooming um, guy. Guy is one of the grooming one of guru. The, the Fab Five, and he is 
so he's done he he'd done bits and pieces of kind of like um broadcasting he'd done Game of Thrones which I'm not actually I've never seen I'm not actually exactly sure what it was but he no it's a podcast was, about Game of Thrones I think because I think Matt said he listened to oh, okay. some of them yeah. and they were quite good and I feel yeah. like I might get on that when Game of Thrones comes back yeah. next year nice but so basically he is essentially at heart he is a hairdresser and stylist well not stylist no so it's all it's all hair and grooming and like facial hair or whatever but he is the warmest most beautiful most kind of caring articulate kind mm. gentle but also really really kind of strong and not he's not he doesn't pussyfoot around issues he'll really address things straight on and he's like, fucking hilarious he's, he's so, so funny. funny he's so funny he's beautiful as well he's kind yeah. of he's like i find him quite enchanting to mm. look at and his hair oh my god his hair my and god his mustache what and his is clothes he using on and his it yoga and everything like i i find him difficult to describe because he's not like a anyone unicorn. else yeah, he's a unicorn. He's not like anyone else. He has an incredible podcast called Getting Curious. Oh, I've heard about is, that. Yeah. So it's just him getting loads of really interesting different people on. He'll literally, from any subject, so he's had like an art historian on who was fascinating and he just asks really simple what you would say is like an obvious question. But he's like, I just want to know about this, so tell me about this. And what is this? And what is this? What is this? What is this? He just asks interesting people about what they do. So he's had like art historians a couple of weeks ago he had like the only female NASCAR driver on cool he's had like transgender activists he's had he's just it's amazing he just brings interesting people into the world asks them the questions that intellectuals might be afraid to ask them mm. like the basics he's just oh, I just love him so much but I think Sorry, that's going on a Jonathan no, but that, <laughs> do you know what that is really key about him is mm. that he is a very intelligent man you can mm, tell he's mm. a very intelligent man yeah but he doesn't like he's not he doesn't make things inaccessible he makes things so accessible so accessible and I think that's really important in everything like for me anyone that makes something just accessible for people mm -hmm. is so important and yeah, and yeah. i think quite difficult to do yeah and the fact that he does it in such a endearing way mm. it's like a quality that you can't even i think that kind of sums it up like he's just he he's on the right side of history he thinks the right things and he's so inclusive and he just makes things so accessible. Mm. He's not like, I'm here and let's have this conversation that you won't understand and you can't understand. It's like, let's make this accessible so that everyone can understand it. But also let's talk about some quite important things or some not important things, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Let's do it so that everyone can join in on this exactly, rather than being yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm up here and you're down here and you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. And for me, that's just like, what, like, that is such an important thing to do. Yeah, it's great. Like, like for example, on this, on the art historian episode of his podcast that I reference, he'll be like, "So, so what? Who? When we're talking about like classic artists, we're talking about the Ninja Turtles, basically. It's Michelangelo, <laughs> Donatello, and all of this. And then he'll be like, "So, who was the Beyonce of, um, you know, ancient Greece or whatever? Like, he'll just, he'll just be like, I'm not." It, it, he just frames it in a way that just makes it like, oh, okay, this is actually what we need to know. Like, yeah. don't don't over intellectualize it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah, but let's all enjoy it because it's there. Like, isn't art? Isn't anything? Like, it should be. It's enjoyable for Universal. everybody. It doesn't yeah. need to be divisive. It should be there for everybody. That is a great one. He is a 
fucking legend. He would, yeah, he should be, yeah, I just love he him. Should he should have been yours. <laughs> he should be king. He genuinely should. He's the right person. Everything that he thinks and says and does is right. He's a well, good, Well, it's going to be Prince man. Charles, though, so. Yeah, he's, he's the next king. So, well. Surely he wills. No, it's Charles, Charles isn't. That. No, she'll 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 die before she'll he defecate. dies, and he wants she'll abdicate. She'll, <laughs> she'll uh, what's the word? Abdicate before. So Jonathan Van Ness, just need to find a way to meet him, don't we? I think. How we could I be would getting curious. Die. <laughs> to use his. Could you believe? Would you believe? His, can you believe? Uh, I would uh, die. Anyway, this is coming out on the twelfth. They'll it's, know that because it's the day that it's in your ears. Yeah. If you listen to it then, if you listen to it on the 14th, more power to you. And then the next episode, so episode 22, will be out two weeks later, which will be the... 26th. 26th. That's exciting, isn't it? So yeah, every two weeks, but we're back in your back ears. Back in your lug holes. And talking about unusual deaths, near misses and bizarre stories. Shout out to our new listeners. Please make yourself known on the socials. Mm. On most of the socials we are at whatawaypod. Yeah. Mm. And we are whatawaypod at gmail.com if you've got any questions, comments, feedback. And also, if you fancy leaving us a review, we got a three-star review the other day with no comment. Bullshit. It's fine. Absolutely fine. What, just a general... Just, a just three, three stars. stars. I can't see it because I don't you have don't the have... iPhones. Yeah, no. And I was going to say, can I have a look at what's been left because I'm all about my ego. Yeah, of course. Um, but we do love reviews and if you want to leave us a review that would be fantastic we've had some really lovely reviews just let us know just give us a little comment give us a little wave on there three stars is a no comment it's so passive aggressive isn't it it's like you're all right you but i'm not be gonna better. tell you why, why i'm not I gonna three stars. yeah just like i could have done it better i haven't bothered but i could have done it better also but yes we'll see you mate. episode 22 and leave us a review if you like if not Hit us up on the internet. We are always around somewhere. We're most, always. Most of As them you know, Sarah's literally always on the internet. I'm, I'm literally always on the internet. Get in her ears. Ears? Ears. Ears. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.